Tom to take you to walk from Seven Sisters to White Hart Lane. I'm Tom, aka Fenn, bringing you some positive, festive cheer this evening. Uh, joining me tonight is a man who won't need to stock up on pasta ahead of any panic buying. It's our resident Italian, Ashley. <laughs> I wish that was true. I just had about four different types of pasta in my dinner tonight, so we're running low, mate. <laughs> Walking cliche. <laughs> I've been to your parents, and in their conservatory, a separate room, they have an own mm. their own chest of drawers dedicated to to this spare pasta. Yeah, that's in addition to the cupboard in the kitchen. That's all real pasta. Yeah, I'm impressed. Strong. <laughs> anyway, alongside him tonight um, is a man who claims to be so French that his wine consumption means he's in a constant state of business meetings. It's Jules. <laughs> oh fuck you! <laughs> How you doing? Happy Christmas. Yeah, happy fuck you, happy Christmas to you too. Uh, and finally, we have a man who needs uh, restrictions on the amount of gluten he eats. Is Jim? It's the best you can do, honestly. <laughs> a low bar. Yes, it can. It's a low bar because it's Christmas. I've gone easy on you. It's just subtle satire. Okay, that's all I've got. I'm tired. Are we still allowed to say this thing is weekly when it very obviously isn't? I mean, it should have been, but they stopped football. We, well, they didn't. We, we sort of stopped football for a bit. I mean, we haven't actually talked about a Norwich result from like two weeks ago, um, but we yeah, don't we do. really care, do we? I mean, we won and they were shit. So thank God for that. Um, we moved swiftly on for like a two week hiatus. Um, not much has really happened in, in our world, certainly. Jim's now recording in a kitchen, which is nice for Jim. Uh, Jules has found some really good backlighting, which makes him look like the angel Gabriel. Uh, and Ash is, is actually in a Christmas jumper uh, in front of his usual amounts of laundry. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best, best of cheer we can do. <laughs> We've been trying to deal with this uh, this wedding shit, man. It's stressful as hell. You don't want to know how's, about that. How's, <laughs> how's, really the, how's with, the prep uh, with, with, what, two weeks to go? How How's it feeling? Right. <laughs> The state of my hair and like my general lack of grooming might keep you an indicator <laughs> how this is going. Support for the Cock and Ball podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best men's below the waist grooming champion in the world. Manscaped offers you precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, you heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with this code. Jules, what's the code? Clean balls. That's right, clean balls at manscaped.com. Jules, uh, speaking of jewels, um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you, you know, how you feel about your personal grooming routine. But uh, Manscaped, tell me, what do you think? Well, I was a little bit reticent, I guess, because I've never, I've always just done, which I expect a lot of guys do, where you just use your beard trimmer and you just put it on one of the longer settings and, and deal with it that way or go for the old scissors routine. Um, but actually, once I had the, the Manscaped 4000, um, made a really big difference. Um, first time I, I used it and no fear about, uh, potentially nicking the wrong spot or uh, a little bit of a dangerous incident so yeah pretty pretty impressed how about you yeah i was gonna say we've all uh, we've all been there haven't we with uh where you've had a slight incident downstairs which can be uh, can be painful but uh, it's convenient wireless does everything you'd want it to do really doesn't it yeah um very much on point so no i would uh, i would recommend it it's a much uh, much better design than i would have maybe given them credit for um and yeah no definitely one that I'll, I'll keep for the future and did you give the ball deodorant a go it's a weird weird one to put in your wash bag but you know uh, i did it can raise a few funny questions can't it when you're taking it in your little transport bag but uh it's really good and to be honest once you've tried it it's like how did i manage without this to be fair so uh all good <laughs> weird, re- weird repeat purchase item something that you didn't <laughs> know you'd need when you turned 30 ball deodorant actually it's worth it <laughs> Well, uh, get 20% off and free shipping with, with the code CLEANBALLS uh, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. 
using the code clean balls just for listeners of this podcast unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped so um fan how's uh how's how's covid how's having covid uh yeah it's great it's absolutely great i um i think i don't think i've showered in three days which is nice. Uh, is there something really about having a virus life. that stops you from ha- also having personal hygiene? Well, yeah, because the virus makes me unclean, so I need to perpetuate that in order to maintain my statutory sick pay. That's not true. I've been working from home throughout, <laughs> by the way. You know, didn't take a single day off. What did your girlfriend think of all this? <laughs> lack of uh, lack of a wash. Um, I don't know. I've been on the sofa ever since, so. <laughs> <laughs> she knows, to be honest. <laughs> she got to go past to get into the kitchen, though, the poor girl. Yeah, one day she woke up. What's that? It's like, oh, yeah, it's your laundry. It's uh, your gym kit's not come out right. Which is uh, one I genuinely used today. Didn't go down well. Um, That's the bounty in the celebrations yeah. box, isn't it? Yeah. That's a good point, Jim. We need to talk. We need to settle this debate here and now. It's Christmas after all. And the football is technically irrelevant and barely happening. Because I had this with Ashley and he's, I, I said I really like Quality Street and I like yeah, fruit and chocolate. And he called me a nonce and I thought that was really rude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I agree with you, Quality Street is great. But I disagree with you about orange and strawberry creams because they're wrong. Oh, Terry's they're, chocolate uh, orange though, I'm therefore. See, I could live with you two because... You wouldn't eat the chocolates that I love and devour, mm. but I don't really like yeah. the toffee ones. Well, we, okay, we I love you because you don't wash for three days. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But you're a celebrations man, Ash. You you just like mini chocolate bars in a tub. That's, you're wasting my yeah. time. Give me give me something a, a bit hang different. On. I'm a, a basic a, bitch. What do you want from me? <laughs> speaking of basic, right? There's four there's four main brands and there's four of us. So there's Quality Street, Roses celebrations and heroes who would be what well i'm quality street i'm celebrations all the i'm way. gonna be roses then sorry jules you're heroes basic of basic i see i i i'm kind of with ash i think celebrations for the win but i can't get over the ratio that you get of the best the best ones in the tub that's yeah. the shittest why the Maltesers? Bounty. So many bounty, so few Maltesers. Yeah. Every time. Travesty. <laughs> Speaking of travesty, segue. <laughs> we were robbed on Sunday. Big clash against Liverpool. Safe to say we had enough chances to win it. Jules, uh, <laughs> you look like the most disinterested. We played very well, but we got lucky with a couple of refereeing decisions, which could have really derailed the match um but broadly i thought brilliant performance um and loved to see the yeah the amount of chances we created and i guess the intensity with which we played we outran liverpool by seven kilometers like Mm. just take that in from like being 20th in the table in terms of any meaningful stat about effort or fitness we outran the fittest team in the country by 7k like huge credit to uh to Conte for the work that's going in because Clearly, it's working. They yeah, were a man down, to be fair. Does that make it easier? <laughs> Is that like minus the 7K that Robertson would have run like, if he'd been there? For the last eight minutes, and a player on average does like 9K, <laughs> 9K a game. So it's not, it's, it's, they weren't, they were down for the whole game. But no, we just significantly outran Liverpool. Um, and that should be awarded and praised. Yeah, it was fun to watch again, wasn't it? We haven't been able to say that like for consecutive games for time for such a long time. And I mean, the cock has been soft for a while, hasn't it? But Conte's <laughs> come in and got hard, oh, didn't we? <laughs> um, now it was a it was a fairly even game, wasn't it? As in that like, we obviously had the better chances. And sorry, Ash, I'm not I'm not ready to move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> you saying Conte's giving us blood flow? Is that is that what you're trying to kind of yeah. zero yeah. in on? He's made us hard to break down. <laughs> anyway, mm. as I was trying, I was trying to make a serious point. Anyway, with serious the mind, point. the cock has been soft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So it was it was a fairly even game, wasn't it? We uh we had the better chances. 
we had a lot of good quality chances as well and Liverpool Liverpool had more of the ball which is uh it's important if you're a nerd or a weirdo isn't it <laughs> but I guess that was that's what makes it even I, I love a, a good old football stat as much as the next person but I always I love that when it's like like when a team loses 3-2 and they go oh yeah but we had a better xg cool like <laughs> hope you sleep nice tonight thanks for the three points <laughs> cheers lads <laughs> All positive though, isn't it? It's like uh, I can't even say anything, uh, not even to bait you all. I mean, <laughs> and where's the fun in that? But uh, all the all the sort of signs are, um, are that uh, I suppose are kind of trending in the right direction, and it's it's sort of obvious that it'll take a little bit of time to be uh, to be as as good as it kind of can be. But um, it, it's sort of shaping up quite nicely with. Chelsea falling apart, West Ham falling apart. Um, you know, there should, there should, so <laughs> there, yeah, there should be quite a nice little battle, shouldn't there, between really between Spurs and United for for fourth. Uh, even though Arsenal are there at the moment, I don't think they will be for long. But um, it looks like there's suddenly a bit of a battle going on. And uh, if you'd have said that a few weeks ago, I'd be thinking you you're a madman. So um, who yeah. who were you most impressed by, um, Jim? Because there are a few players who, who came in who hadn't obviously been in the starting lineup or hadn't been regulars for a while. And everyone's there's a lot of praise floating around, but who stood out to you? Well, uh, I know there was a bit of um, mafia-style Caparelli brother disagreement about Delhi. <laughs> Watching you two argument, argue on Twitter is brilliant, by the way. <laughs> Tom got involved, he was so interested. <laughs> yeah, but I was on a wind-up. It's like two, it's like two like, scrapping on a night out and you just run over and nick someone's hat. <laughs> Fender Fen, Fen just goes over and just like chucks a pool cue in the middle and then runs out again. <laughs> yeah, it's some weapons. Use that. <laughs> I think so. It's like Chris seemed to be saying like Delhi was okay without being great, and I don't think you can like you have to be quite a hard-hearted person to expect a player that hasn't been playing and probably isn't match fit to come in and give a ten out of ten straight away. Assumption that my brother has a heart at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, spoken like a true sibling (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought he was busy and lively and and a few scruffy bits to his play but kind of doing all the right things that suggest that he's uh, he's kind of up for the battle Um, and for so long he's looked uh, even when he has has had opportunities looked disinterested or like he's not going to kind of grasp the nettle so um, you know credit where it's due sort of depends on your perspective doesn't it do you expect players to be perfect or do you expect them to be making an effort and uh you know making an effort is a, is a good thing so uh, fair play to him i think for for coming in from the cold yeah yeah so we had the uh the three midfielders come essentially that was a big change wasn't it with uh wings delian and uh and Dombele. and i actually think having skip and hoibing off at the same time and lucas as well actually might be a blessing in disguise as it allowed us to switch to that three five two system and have those three uh, midfielders in systems that work best for them. Um, we don't, and Dumbele wasn't too heavily tasked with defensive work, although he did actually do really well. And he, you can see he put on a lot of yards, but actually was really effective in the press. You had Winks, who was able to just play it simple, win the ball back and, and just knock it to left and right, because there was always options either side of him. And obviously Delhi making those late runs into the box, which is what he, which was his bread and butter when he was great. Um, so... Yeah, I think, I think that was really impressive. And I don't know, I'm glad you all sat down because, you know, it's shocked me to the core just don't to like, think don't about it. I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. Don't say it. Winks was really good. I've gone back on everything we've been saying for months. Let's, yeah, let's go You're a coward. This you're is... a coward. You're an inverted break. They I have you in no London principles. Zoo as an exhibit. <laughs> this, is, this is the greatest talking point, I think, of the game. Fuck Sky Sports and putting... Yeah like four Liverpool people into every conversation. So it's just them all agreeing with each other. Like <laughs> Winks, that was unusual. Like, <laughs> what did you, what did you, I've, I've got my, I've got my opinion on it, but I, I want to hear yours first. What did you, what did you make of Winks? It's really hard to fault them, man. You can't, he's been out in the cold for so long. And when he has come into the team, like sort of Jim touched on it earlier about Delhi, it's come down to some sort of effort lacking, and that's quite kind of that's the the base requirement that we as fans ask for is just show the effort. If you have a bad day, 
or you're playing against what is frankly a better team, then it's fair enough as long as you try your best. I mean, that's what we weren't really seeing with these sorts of players. And he's just come in, tried his best, seen an opportunity to impress a brand new manager. We know his raw attributes are, can can run a lot, which which is great. Um, but he can also he has actually got a good range of passing when he's being positive, when he's actually being confident. And we saw that. We completely saw that in that display. And it's bizarre that it's been bottled in there for so long because he he hasn't regularly played for Spurs probably since really the late Pochettino era, really, if we're being frank, in any sort of real form. So it, it, it's, you know, it's almost like a new signing. It's, it's a real quandary for us because he would have looked at that midfield and he would have gone, well, this is, this is shot window time, just in time for Christmas. Fantastic. This is something you'd put in Selfridges, thinking PSG, would you take your pick? Which of these three do you want? Newcastle. I was going to say Newcastle is a better, a more realistic buyer than PSG, I think, at this moment in time. But what do we do now? <laughs> the three of them were all perfectly sound. I mean, it's, it's, look, let's be honest, it's, it's one game in it. It's hard to judge. It's, it's, it's not a case of what they do now. One game is a very capable position, though, isn't it? Yeah. If you, be, if, you play, if you play like that against Liverpool, that does have to be taken into account. Because as Ash says, if you had a good game playing against Norwich, it just doesn't count the same. Mm-hmm. And just on Winks, because I, I need to like grovel um, as someone who has <laughs> given him a lot of shit in the last year on this podcast. Um, I thought he was great. I also think he plays better when he plays against better teams because he kind of has to raise it up to their level. Whereas when he plays shit teams, he plays the simple pass. Like he just goes to the full back and back to the centre back and just does the simple shit. Whereas when you play a team that presses you, he's actually got the technical capability to get out of tricky positions. But it made me think the last time I was really impressed with Winks, do you remember when we beat Real Madrid and he had an amazing game and he had that game against like, that was against like Modric and Casemiro. Yeah, he was but only like that, 21, 22 at the time as well. Yeah. Wasn't he? Still a very but, young lad. But, are you but saying that, that Harry Winks is a B? Are you saying Harry Winks is a BGP? Big game player. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say he's a big game player, but I just wish he could channel as if he's got someone on his shoulder in every game. Like play every game with the intensity and the forward passing that, like his pass for Son's goal is a like with his wrong foot curling it around the centre back like that's a brilliant pass. But when he plays against the team that sits back, he just decides, oh, I'll just go back to the centre-back. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. play with that level of mm. like forward-thinking and progression and intensity and quality in every game, not just when I they're pressing the shit out of you. That's exactly, that's that sort of passing that you've been mentioning. It's exactly what sort of Conte wants. And we saw a really good um, like snapshot almost of, the, of Conte's philosophy and Harry Kane's goal. That the way we, uh, when, when we're already high up the pitch and we get the high press, win the ball quick and then play it through, play it vertically quickly as well. So you saw Winks get it to Ndombele and instead of playing the simple pass out to the to the wing back, he passed it straight forward through through the defence and, and to Kane. And that was, that, that's exactly what we saw throughout the whole game. And Jurgen Klopp being, you know, a salty bastard that he was, <laughs> was just kicking the ball long. It's not what was happening at all. Like it was very... Very good, effective, and like thoughtful football of playing the ball forward through the lines, and obviously there's there's multiple ways of beating a press, but that that was really effective against Liverpool. And the um the stat about the long balls as well, absolutely hilarious. It's doing around on Twitter today that Liverpool had about nine more long balls than Spurs did in the entire game, <laughs> which just shows that yeah, his, not... uh, his fallacy was completely wrong. But he was he seemed to be bemoaning the three five two, but it. It was the best system to play that Liverpool team. For all intent, yeah, it is a four-three-three really the way that they play. So you've got three centre backs that occupy the front three essentially. Between the wing backs and the three-man midfield, you can keep tabs on their midfield and their marauding fullbacks, which essentially leaves your, your two strikers to, to run at Matip and Kanate, who aren't that well versed to playing with each other. I know they're they're fairly good individually. But without Van Dijk, they, they seem to lose some sort of it's a large amount of confidence. And it's a real shame that I thought Son and Kane weren't completely at the races despite scoring a goal each. You look at the amount of chances they we had, the amount of quality chances we had. You do expect them to still finish those. And, uh, you know, Deli Ali, you can kind of 
forgive a little bit that moment when Ben Davies found himself in the six-yard box. Yeah, that's the thing. When you've got a world-class keeper like that making a difference, and Lloris was doing similar saves as well, it completely makes the result completely fair, which then makes Klopp losing his shit absolutely even funnier that he can't (laughs) fathom that his team would just put aside by a team who were up for it as much as they were were willing to, to, to counteract them as well as we did. Just before we go on to Klopp and just like bathe in his saltiness, like can we just <laughs> take a moment? Of Klopp. The Dead Sea of Klopp. Um, let's just take a moment. Um, I think we should also give a shout out to Sess. I thought he had an unbelievably good game at left wing yeah. back, and like he won literally every single duel. And in that system, he's essentially being told, "Go on, go man to man against Trent, who's probably the best right back in world football." Like. But not, not necessarily has, the best defensively, though. Like he was, well, what Sessegnon did so well was he didn't allow Trent to get quite as far forward as often yeah. as we've seen Trent against most teams because he was he was pushing him high and pushing him and pushing him back. I, I just think it's worth it's worth us giving him that credit because I think everyone after he got that red card in Europe was a bit like, oh, has he fucked mm-hmm. it? Um, no, I hope not. I th- I think he still got it there. Um, that was a performance for him as well as for. Bellion for Winks, which is worth shouting about. But let's talk about Klopp. He was a spiky little <laughs> shit afterwards, wasn't he? Fucking hell. I'm surprised yeah. we got this far without talking about VA, which is probably the reason he was so fucking grumpy as well, wasn't it? I mean, he quite often is. He's He's got... Um, Klopp plays the game quite well, in it, sort of in a way that Jose used to before he was just a miserable old git. And the way that um, Alex Ferguson used to, in, in that he gives off this persona, like his... His whole sort of shtick is this sort of heavy metal mid-50s guy that doesn't care about a thing in the world. But actually, he does get quite salty and prickly quite quickly when things aren't going his way. Um, and it's it's quite funny how wound up he gets about silly things. Um, like, my favourite one of his is uh, he, him and Pep are the two worst people in the country for, for complaining about fixture pileups. And saying the two, playing too many games and all the rest of it, and you're like, lads, you've got the best squads in the country. Like, if anyone can deal with fixture pileups, it's you two. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Tuchel, Tuchel did that this weekend, didn't he? He was like, oh, well, we don't have enough players. I'm like, you mean apart from the 62 you have out on loan? Like, <laughs> is this, like, to, like Chelsea literally are like a farm factory. Like, if Battery Hens <laughs> met football, it would be Chelsea FC. Like, They've got like, Ross Barkley the other day. I completely forgot that Ross Barkley existed. They've got just old professionals in there that can just every now and then just wheel them out. Pretty sure Danny Drinkwater's still there. <laughs> Surely it's, not. When he's when he's not getting two footed by our youth team players, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that and driving bands. Yeah. I think in the in the I don't know sort of spirit of fairness because I I love baiting Klopp um, and I actually think it's a great show of respect that he got a spike as he did afterwards because you get spiky with a rival you don't get spiky with someone who's a whipping boy so i think it's i think it's actually quite a good show of respect that he got that pissed off about it but are we all in agreement i'm gonna throw my my kind of view in the hat out there and then see see if there's any disagreement kane should have been a red they should have had a penalty in the first half we shouldn't have had a penalty in the second half and their goal was legal Robbo was a red. Yeah. So I I, I, I would <laughs> say that's my right shock. Yeah. Jim and no, I no, 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 no. two sane people <laughs> in the room, and here's Ash. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> so <laughs> before before I start, <laughs> I want to say that anyone who feels sorry for Liverpool getting on the wrong side of VAR calls can go fuck themselves because as if they didn't just have like two years of consecutive dodgy decisions go in their favour. And need I mention the Champions League final, for fuck's sake. Um, but, right, we'll go on. We'll, we'll talk about the ones you just spoke about. Harry Kane's 100% a red card. The only reason I can think of why VAR didn't tell the referee to take a look at it was maybe because he jumped, so he didn't make such a big connection. But even that, that's not a I good mean, reason. Like it was It's irrelevant, really. Stone. The tackle is down to yeah. the tackler. It's nothing to do with yeah. the, the tackle. You know, if someone tries to kill me with a knife, not strictly my fault. He's sort of plunging a knife into me. Yeah, so, no, I can, it's I can only presume that, that VAR would only not refer that 
down a clear and obvious route, as in it wasn't a clear and obvious error, but yeah. I'm referring not to see it as a red in real time. It's, that's a nonsense as well, though, isn't it? Like, how does the the referee not seeing that as a red is, is a clear, obvious error? Like, but I haven't seen anyone yet claims not. Because you didn't see Robertson's as a red. You got no, to admire. He just wasn't we fucking watching much. Was we kind of got it. <laughs> but also, like, these sort of things get lost naturally in tribal rivalries and stuff. And, like, what you were saying, Ash, about, like, Liverpool can't complain about getting good decisions. True, but that doesn't mean that when they do get a bad decision, they should just shut up about it. I, I no, think, it absolutely I, does. I think, <laughs> I think, you know, I think any, like, any team's in their right to complain. I mean, not, not like Newcastle being total smack backsides and actually writing formal complaints. That's just pathetic. But, like, but like from an objective standpoint, if you forget that those players play for the teams they do, both players should have gone off sometimes. Yeah, like why, like uh, Sometimes good fortune happens, and that's just the game. I have... I have well, I let good sense get in the way of humour, though, he? <laughs> <laughs> I have two thoughts on that. Um, apparently, and this is why it wasn't taken to the screen, um, they asked the referee on the microphone, like, the, metro- the referee essentially to describe the incident. And if the referee describes it, and apparently describes it in a way which is accurate to what they're seeing, they say, well, don't look at the monitor because you've seen it. So he was like, oh, Kane has slid in, he's brushed the ball, he's clipped the ankle, but he didn't damage the player. So they were like, okay, you've seen the incident, don't look back. Whereas with Robbo, they were like, describe the incident, and his incident, his view didn't match the monitor. It it would infuriate me if that was the other way around. Mm. Not Goliath. We had our player sent off, oh, yeah, and one of them did that. Like, mm. the reality is, as Fen says, if someone tries to kill you with a knife and you get out of the way, it doesn't mean that they didn't still try and kill you with a knife. Um, <laughs> The only thing I, I would caveat that with is that Klopp's reaction. Every time one of Liverpool players put in a tackle like that, and Van Dijk did an awful one on Insigne against Napoli yeah, a couple of years ago, horrid. exactly the same horrid. tackle. And if, if a Liverpool player does that, Klopp says that that's like a great strong tackle. Yeah. But Robbo so, on Tanganga has been doing the round on Twitter again. Wasn't yeah. too far for too far off as, as well. But but yeah, they were both, both clear reds. And then... We come back to the penalty decision, and I'm not convinced their penalty was a foul, but I'd openly admit that I'm as biased as a North Korean news broadcast, and at the moment my hair is probably as bad as their fucking dictator as well. So, um, oh, but then if that's my, 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 if if it's a foul on Jota, which let's say let's assume it is, that it's also a foul on Winks when when Matip goes through the back of him, and that is on the line if not in the box, which counts as a penalty as well. So I can't. I can't differentiate the two because either way it's a defender going through the back of the player trying to control the ball. And then um, on, and then you've on, got on, their on, then we've got on, their on, goal. No, no, no. no you're not allowed to move on. He's, he's going to shout. Go on. Uh, right. The Jota one is one of the most stonewall bends. <laughs> I actually found it really funny it wasn't given. Like literally he slowed up to kick <laughs> Ball and he's just charged into it. Like it's amazing. How's that? How's that different with what happened with Matip and Winks then? Because well, that there's not even replayed. Wasn't even spoke about. Maybe because everyone in Sky Sports are Liverpool fans. But in in practice, Matip was half like side on half through the back of Wings. I think the reason it wasn't spoken about in reality is that when a player is running away from the goal but happens to be brushing over the edge of the bo- edge of the box, they're like, well, this isn't that isn't a reasonable goal scoring opportunity. Now that isn't the law of the game, right? It's if in the box mm. there is a foul committed. But I think with the Jota one, it is clear that he is about to shoot and maybe score. And our player just <laughs> just takes him out <laughs> with what the all blacks would be proud of. So I don't know. <laughs> I, uh... It's definitely not legal in rugby. <laughs> no. So I, I think we I think we got lucky. And then what's yeah. gone? What do you think of the of the second two? Right. So I'm I'm going to make a huge assumption and tell me if I'm wrong here. But the reason you think that the second goal was legal was one of two things: either because Salah didn't mean to handball it, or because it wasn't directly before the goal. Am I right? So I think the way the law is now written, yeah. if he had put it in with his hand, that yeah. would have been pulled but back. It's not. That is only that is that's only to justify VAR involvement. It doesn't mean it's not a handball. It just means VAR can't overturn it. So my issue is the referee had a clear sight of the ball coming off of um, Salah's head into his hand and then 
you know, back into play. And it should be a handball in that situation because that is that is obviously a benefit in Liverpool. And then I don't know if you saw it, that directly after that, as Lloris punches the ball clear, I don't know why nobody, not even the Tottenham players, moaned about it. But Mano came, Mano came in and just kicked him in the ribs. <laughs> nobody even spoke about it. It's like, how was that not a foul as well? I think I think it's because Lloris doesn't react to it. I, I did see that. I did wonder it. But I think the ball is gone. It's considered just like contact of the game. Lloris doesn't look like he's, you know, he hasn't been properly kicked in the ribs and he's like down and, and clasping his side. Like, so I well, think it's just justifying diving though, isn't it? Like you've got to look her to get a foul. Like it's, that's a nonsense for me. Like, like you can't just go around kicking someone in the ribs uh, to try and save the ball. But anyway, if if my if I my legs were wheels, I'd be a bike. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think I think net win. We got a little bit lucky with the VAR decisions, particularly because that Kane one would have been a nil nil early yeah, in the game. Game changer. But we should be very proud about, I think, the way that we played and the, yeah, how that went. It's weird walking away from drawing with, in my view, the best team in the country and being like, oh, wish we'd had a win there. Yeah, I think on the balance of it, the, all the mistakes of the referees seem to balance each other. The, the errors balance each other out. They cancel each other out. We're going to get there in the end. So a fair result is to all, I'd argue. And this is why I think Klopp should probably be a little bit more hesitant with it, with his criticisms, because he could have easily have gone, been a lot worse for him. Um, so on a balance of play, fair enough. Paul Tierney, you're consistent, if anything, consistently <laughs> shocking. But yeah, fair play. Uh, I think we've kind of covered almost everything. I will just say that a back three... You would have looked at Sanchez, Dyer, and Davies and gone. Yep, sell them. You would have looked at most of that starting eleven actually and gone. We need to get rid of them. But that back three, that unreal. Oh, big Dav, big Dave, sliding all over the place like a slidey thing. Dyer is just hard. Talk about hard cock. Damn it, it's fucking. <laughs> he's a Viagra overdose. He's he's the player of the season so far, Dyer, isn't he? Like what a what a change we've seen, particularly when Conte. Well, since Conte's come in, I should specify. Like and and Conte said today that he could be the best player in the world in his position, which might be a bit over the top, but he has been absolutely solid since coming into that system. And um, yeah, like surely he's got to make the uh, the World Cup squad if he continues to play like this, especially if you know his competition is Martin Maguire and Mings. <laughs> he's 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 had a very good season i think he's um i don't know and maybe i don't know you guys can give me an example i don't know many players who have played at the top top level of football like champions league and upwards um who have changed their position so drastically midway through their career but it's mm. quite unusual for someone to be like having been an orthodox center mid i'm just going to go play center back for the rest of my career mm. but i feel like we saw that with like um wasn't there um, Chelsea had a couple of players and well, I guess like Dutch players of the 90s and the early 2000s there were a couple who could play left wing and centre back and up front but, but <laughs> they were very weird um, but yeah I don't know like he's, he's unusual which requires a lot of tactical intelligence which I didn't give him credit for We can generally agree the Liverpool game probably a fair result In other news UA fuck off see what I did there uh, we've been booted out of the Conference League for our sins. Well, or lack of sins, maybe. The, <laughs> the Court of Arbitration and Sport will, will decide that. But um, our game against Rennes, which I will continue to mispronounce uh, until we finally get that fixture and fucking beat them, uh, has been forfeited. Uh, it's a 3-0 loss, so we're out. We finished third in the group, so don't qualify. Does anyone care? We didn't want to be in this stupid competition anyway. Um... Good riddance. <laughs> it, it strikes me as one of those situations where everybody right now is probably quite happy about it. It suits Ren, it suits Spurs. It'll definitely suit Conte, despite him not probably admitting to that. But, I mean, it's it's like... It's just one of those things. It's slightly unfortunate if you think of uh, uh, the similar situation that happened to, to Leighton Orient against Spurs last year in the FA Cup. That fix couldn't happen. They ended up exiting the competition. 
Spurs fans did a nice thing. That obviously doesn't need to happen for Spurs because they've got shitloads of money anyway. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things about life at the moment. I don't think, uh, I think people saying that Spurs did it on purpose are ridiculous and mm-hmm. detached from reality. Uh, and I think people saying that it's some kind of massive injustice also probably needs to just chill out a bit. Like the, the competition's got to carry on. The game can't be played. Didn't really matter to Ren anyway. So, but you know, if you're um, Vitesse, you can kind of understand why they would go. Well, hang on a minute. That's not the rules. Um, it's not. I mean, obviously, I don't think Spurs can say they took the competition seriously in the first place. I mean, nearly didn't even make the group stage. Hindsight, isn't it? But. Um, you know, and now that and now the picture looks a little bit rosier. I think I think a few weeks ago, the way things were going, you sort of think, well, probably should take it slightly more seriously because Spurs' chances of getting into European competition next season are looking pretty slim. But now you wouldn't bet against Spurs at least getting a Europa League spot. I think so. That doesn't really matter. I guess the only thing that is a bit of a something maybe to regret slightly is that for a club that is desperate to win a trophy, winning a European trophy, even if it is the Conference League, would have been no bad thing. So, um, you know, remember in 2012 when Chelsea tried to rebrand winning the Europa League as winning the Champions League? (laughs) You could kind of rebrand winning the Conference League as winning the Europa League. (laughs) But, you know, it's done. Nobody's really that bothered. And next year, but won't be in it anyway. So, storm a teacup. We'll probably sue him for a load of money anyway, which I think is going to be what happens. Uh, so we might make some money out of it, but I like, I, <laughs> I suspect what's gone on is they've, they've announced that news to Daniel Levy and he's just looked at them and gone. It's that Super League thing, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's, that's why you're being a bit harsh. See, I think the Go first thing that came to his head was, how can we make money out of this? <laughs> yeah, sue him. <laughs> anyway, yeah, fuck him. We don't need UEFA competition. Unless it's the Champions League or the Europa League. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get a bit festive, shall we? I mean, as you've come very festive, you're actually in a, a Christmas jumper, unless it says OOO because you've been you know, watching Spurs for too long. Um, so I've set you all a little task. I said, I want to, I want a football quiz because it's Christmas and we need to get used to online quizzes again because uh, let's face it, it's coming. Um, but I want it to be with an, I want a slight Christmas twist so I want you to drop clues for players but a player's name is going to be a pun on something wintry or Christmassy or something so I use the example in, in the WhatsApp group to get you guys in the mood uh, what did I say uh, someone who played for Birmingham and City two Claret clubs wasn't it? and was one it? and one two, league title one league title played for two clubs that had also played in Burgundy uh, of course, if you these guys are too slow to get it, but if you get it at home, obviously the answer is Joe Hart. But you got to put a Christmassy pun on it, so the answer in this instance is Snow Hart. Ha ha ha! Yeah, these are cracker jokes. If we did football cracker jokes, this is what we'd end up with. So we've come up with a few players each, hopefully. So who wants to kick us off, Jules? I can I can take take it away. Name the punny player. And then the film, <laughs> and your clue is he shits the bed. The play is obviously Eric Dyer. Dyer hard. That's there a Christmas we film. go. There oh, we yes. go. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that yes, pun was is, Dyer. This, this is the standard <laughs> we're dealing with. Christ. I was quite proud of that. That took me about half an hour. <laughs> that explains so much. Well, I've got, I've got two. One easier than the uh than the, the next so he's uh he's better than john terry and Deadly king yeah and what christmasy item could you use to make his name into a pun i don't know sledley king freaking. <laughs> sledley king works but it's not that one <laughs> I'm still going these, with sledley Wee freaking. these three kings <laughs> no not quite oh. it's sledley stocking Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. It's oh. better than die hard. No, it is fucking isn't. That's, right. that's coming from me. 
I thought that was the easy one. Anyway, I've got the, the challenging one. It's a, a player who was born in Southampton, went on to score 118 goals in, uh, in 278 games with Spurs and 13 in 24 for England. He also won the League Cup with Spurs in 71 and 73 and the UEFA Cup in 72. I hope you and Fenn enjoy this because Jim and I are. <laughs> His first name's Martin. Go on. Martin Shivers. Martin Shivers. Brilliant. <laughs> um, move on Jim. to Jim. What, Jim, you said what you got about five. Um, so, so, having taken a swing at the quality of my puns, these better be yeah. fucking on point. How, how can I put this legally? Former Manchester United and Wales players that, player that won a lot under Alex Ferguson, then went on to be a manager and isn't anymore for reasons. Well, I've got the player. Yeah, I think we've all got uh, the player. <laughs> I know I've got the pun be. What would the pun be? No, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, the player, okay, the player's Ryan Giggs, Jim. Yeah. But that one is fun. Ryan Giggs in blankets. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's good. Uh, what else have I got? Um, <laughs> this one isn't as good. I should have gone with this one first. Uh, former Arsenal player turns up on um, Sky Sports News a lot, saying silly things in a Cockney accent. Think sort of early Arsene Wenger era. Martin Keown. Ray Parler. No, the one is on Sky Sports News. What's his name? Ray Parler. Ray Parler, hold on. What's the pun, lads? It's easy, and it? it's just slave father. Yeah, slave father. How how you didn't leap to him doing Twitter videos of drinking the most disgusting concoctions out? Well, I also but had your first go-to was early era Arsene Wenger. Player. The thing is with that, like in my head, I had Lee, I had Lee Dixon, and then in my head, I turned it into Lee Blitzen, and I thought already I've made a better pun than the actual joke. <laughs> so, um. Shall I do the obvious one? Can we get it out of the way? Yeah. Played for Blackburn, went to City. Don't even need to do a pun. I mean, I decided to turn it into Roque Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) I got that one out of the way. Uh, I had former Everton and America goalkeeper Tinsel Howard. I thought it was going to be like Tim Snoward. Snoward. <laughs> I was trying to do something with Brad Friedel there. I was getting really confused. Yeah, same. <laughs> you got any more, Jules? No, oh. just that half hour for Die Hard, was it? Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> still a, I'm still working, mate. <laughs> that was the best I could contribute. I've already come up with Lee Blitzen in the time in Tony's recording. <laughs> We've got a player who's played for Ajax three times. He's played for two Premier League teams. That's your first clue. Struggled to cement their first team place at Liverpool. Ryan Barble. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan Barble. Is it? Oh, no. Is it Ryan Barble? <laughs> oh, fan. Jim took off his glasses in disgust. <laughs> I'm surprised that that one hasn't come up before. This one's um, how you say a stretch. <laughs> so it's it's an Aston Villa legend who scored 87 goals for the club. He's now a terrible talk sport pundit. Wasn't Stan Collymore, was it? Because he's cancelled. Uh, no, it's a bong Lahore, isn't it? Yeah, George it is a bong No more for his shocking opinions on talk sport than I do for his footballing. But go on, Ben. What's your pun? <laughs> It's a, it's a stretch, and, and Ash is going to throw his laptop into the street because it's a <laughs> Gabby Abominable Whore. <laughs> abominable Whore. <laughs> I think we knew her at uni. <laughs> it's the worst thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> I giggled aloud to myself when I thought of it. That's how shocking it was. All right, let, let's, bring, let's bring this segment to an end. It's been a, an unparalleled disaster. So <laughs> Christmas is uh, nearly upon us. But before then, obviously, we've got West Ham, quarterfinal of the League Cups on Wednesday. 
Another game that I'm going to miss because I'm absolutely positive about COVID. Going into this fixture when it was announced, I think I was a bit cautious because of the form West Ham were in and the absolute state that, that Spurs were in, even with Conte. But now, on, on essentially the eve of the game, I'm feeling a lot more buoyant, Ash. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I'm at that stage, you know, when you've just been hurt too many times. <laughs> he just it's so hard to build that trust again <laughs> yeah that's but yeah no it's just um i just feel like when every time something comes good for a little bit at time something fucking awful is waiting around the corner and that is usually west ham <laughs> to be honest so, <laughs> they are awful so, and they are around the corner yeah exactly i can just i could just got this feeling in me where we're gonna be knocking on the door for 90 minutes and they're just gonna have one opportunity probably from a corner again and just lose one nil but <sighs> sorry lads sorry to bring down the yeah, mood we're a hard cock now should we stick that that <laughs> hard cock and properly stick it yeah, up yeah but you can't <laughs> yeah but they're, they're a hammer mate that's that's gonna do some damage to hard cocks <laughs> <laughs> i mean it kind of feels like i'm into it just by watching spares but <laughs> what pain pain and suffering it's perpetual pain and sort of <laughs> perfect Masters balance of arousal and pain hammering <laughs> <laughs> your own right um jim yeah i do actually disagree i think given the form that west ham are in they're having a bit of a wobble aren't they and um spurs under Conte are a bit of a different beast now so uh the as well as the soft cock disappearing i think the soft underbelly is as well over time so uh i think spurs should be all right with this one and also i mean it's written in the stars isn't it that you get all the way to a final and bottle it there (laughs) so yeah it's not spurs until we get there it's a good point um the things with celebrations ash is the amount of bounties you get in them but but do you actually eat them? Do people actually like them? Because I've just looked over there, and every year we do this. We've got a tin of Quality Street. We've got a tin of celebrations in for Christmas, me and my partner. And we sort of celebrated an early Christmas before we go to our respective parents. And there's now a bowl full of coconut-filled sweets just sat idly in the Imagine corner. So just spotted in the corner of my people, eye. The people that eat bounties are the people that are interested in possession stats. I'm really glad that's where you went with that. I thought <laughs> I it was going so somewhere else. You've, you've also absolutely nailed me right there in that sense. Oh, do you like coconut things? Like shaved oh. coconut? Would you eat it? If someone gave you a coconut, would you bite into it like a pear? No, I wouldn't <laughs> no, bite no, no, no. through the fucking roughage. Have you seen a coconut? Jesus. No. Um, but if if there's a bounty and there isn't a Malteser, I will still eat the bounty. Really we were talking about West Ham when we had to yeah, yeah, back right. to chocolates. Yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> Quickly ignore that. Ignore your bounties, you weirdo. Uh, scores and the doors. Uh, Jules, go on. We'll start with you, so I don't have to speak to you again. Very kind. Um, I'll say 2 1 Spurs. Brave, Ash. 2 0 Spurs. Fuck it. Jimothy. Haven't you just said you'd lose? Yeah, I know, but it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> This is how Ash loses down the bookies. Yeah. <laughs> Think one thing is just bet against it. <laughs> one nil Spurs. Oh. Well, he would have said that. Two nil Spurs. Let's fucking have him. We're going to fucking have him. Anyway, just after Christmas, we've got Boxing Day, which is on a Sunday. Don't know why I've written that down. So usually goes Tom. Yeah. <laughs> well, you lose track of days, don't you, at Christmas? It's just like in between Christmas and New Year. You just don't really know where you're at. So if you want some some relativity to your Christmas, if Spurs are playing Palace, it's a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's at home as well. I think I'll be free for that one. That'd be nice. I can't get I can't get COVID to to not go to Ashley's wedding now because I've completed it, mate. So might as well be a good boy now. Yeah. <laughs> Palace were a weird team, despite... Don't go back and listen to our preview pod at the start of the season where we all said Palace would be shite, apart from Jules, <laughs> who, who who was very proud to back Palace and we all scorned him for it. And now we have to sit here quietly and, and suck it up as, he, as he's incredibly smug about it. Well, they're sort of... 
in a sense, they, in results terms, they are as shite as they were last season. <laughs> um, it's just that they're playing better football to be shy, which Palace fans tend to be quite happy about because they know that they're never really going to be any better than they are, so they may as well have a bit of fun doing it. Um, they like possession stats and bounties, is that what you say? <laughs> <laughs> but their results aren't actually that good. I, th- I think they flatter to deceive a bit. Uh, and Jim Jim is still just trying to maintain that they're shit to back his early season well, no, they're, they're, and refusing no, they're doing to a, accept the fact they're doing quite well. No fair play, they're doing a lot better than I thought they would. But decent teams still, apart from I mean, obviously completely apart from Chelsea, destroying my own hypothesis. They got results against Chelsea and City, but like they. But your gut instinct still says they're shit, so you're still going to back that they're shit. No, I don't think they're shit. I just think they are decent teams can get results against. Like United beat them fairly recently. Leeds beat them. Leeds are wank. Um, Villa beat them. Southampton got a draw against them. Like they've got, I think they've got one win in like seven games, and that was against Everton. So surely that suggests that you want to be a shit team to beat them, not a good team. <laughs> You've uh, listed a bunch of shit teams that have got results, but well, the two best teams in the country haven't. Join the dollars, logic there, Joel. Solid logic. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you'd probably get a result. I mean, you said you have to be a shit team to beat them well. Yeah, but we're a good team now, so Aye. now I'm not sure we'll get a result. <laughs> Ash, what anyway, are you saying for Palace? I think they uh, they play some good stuff, some high intensity stuff. But I think they'll play into our hands, like we saw against Norwich. We're not, we we still want to play on the counter attack. It doesn't matter who we play against, and I think we can be devastating against them on the break. So. I reckon we'll do them. I don't think it'll be as comfortable as we'd like, but I still think it would be um, maybe two goals in it. Cool. Cutting edge. Cutting edge inside. There might be two goals. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you mean about the the, the counter-attacking. But I think they will score because they've just got those tricky players who we're never really capable of dealing with. We, we, We deal with brute force. We deal with three hard cocks at the back. (laughs) <laughs> to, to, to counteract but any sort of trickery in and around them Coys I'll go for a two-all draw Cheeky Desmond Jimothy 2-1 uh, I think I'll Palace. say two which back way back two nils Spurs 2-1 Spurs just it's going to be carnage I could sense it <laughs> I feel like there'll be a red card. I don't know. I don't know who, and I don't know why. But I feel like there'll be a bit of Christmas exuberance. I think Cable it's going to be Eric Dyer. No, it's going to be Eric Dyer because we've now talked him up as one of the best centre backs in the world, and he was just going to go back to being Eric Dyer. Like the equilibrium must be fixed. The same with Sessegnon. We said, "Oh, this guy's great. He's really showing some promise." And then he picked up an injury. And he's going to be out for ten days. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if like em- Emerson Royale just does something really fucking stupid. Because he's been a bit on the fence. Even out of score from the halfway line. Should we wrap up there? Oh, that's a Christmas pun. Yes. <laughs> and like a big old Christmas present that this podcast in is. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Guys, guys, guys.